on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. LinkedIn releases a new tool that we actually want to have a conversation about. There's new schema for virtual or canceled events. Mark tries to sell us an all-in-one washing machine, purse, pressure cooker. Learn how to fight with your neighbors on next door during social distancing. We uncover the beauty tutorial you won't find on YouTube. How to fix your face during all of those video meetings. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Mark Saltarelli. And I'm Jess Budd. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on March 20th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All of your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. Join us in the conversation. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. And in case you couldn't tell here early, today's show is a little bit different as we are doing this well further than three feet away, well further than six feet away. We're working from home, dialing in. So the audio quality may be a little bit different. Our faces aren't going to be on YouTube today. Which so. is a bummer because uh, <laughs> that's like Shep's dream. <laughs> I know. So how, where are you all recording the show today? I'm fr- coming from my attic apartment that I am living in and can't leave. <laughs> and it's Jess? definitely quite the experience. I'm uh, I'm in my home office, which actually has a desk, but there's no art or anything on the walls. So <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. We'll be okay. Yeah. And then I, I'm in my basement trying to isolate myself as far away from my kids as possible. So if you hear any screams, it's probably on my side. Oh, smart. I sent my kid out with the husband. They're driving around in a car, not making any human contact, but they are out of the house, so we shouldn't have screams over here. And I don't have any of those kids, that is. I do have screams. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jess, who are our sponsors this week? This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. Want to learn more? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. And they have a seven-day trial for only $7. Head on over to ahrefs.com to sign up. That is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. Right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J, just like Students for Economic Justice. S-E-J. Or Search Engine so. Journal. So head on over. Thank you to our sponsors this week. 
Okay, first up here in the news, a new message-based ad format is coming to LinkedIn. So the platform announced this week the launch of conversation ads, which will allow advertisers to actively engage with users within LinkedIn messages. It's really cool, you basically build out a flow of messages, each of which can have multiple calls to action so the user can choose their own path or like choose your own adventure, like one of those novels. So they made a really nice YouTube video that shows what it looks like, and we'll link to it in the show notes so you can see it, but the example that they laid out basically goes like this. Hey Aaron, I'm Jill. I lead product here at FixStacks, and our clients close 80% more deals. Wanna know how? And that's the message that opens, and then Erin can choose if she wants to view case studies or learn more. So she decides she wants to learn more, and Jill messages back with more information, offering a demo, or again, the ability to learn more, but Erin wants a demo. So she fills out the lead form right within Messenger using LinkedIn's lead gen forms. And then Jill replies with a nice thank you message and still more calls to action appear. So even though Erin um, has already filled out the lead form, she can now visit the site, sign up for a newsletter and a couple other things. So I'm not doing it justice here. Watch the video, it looks really, really nice. But the point is that the conversation can actually feel really organic, even though this is a pre-built flow. So it's really, really nice. It's all in how you craft your messaging, obviously, but I feel like this is a huge, huge opportunity for folks. LinkedIn noted, I believe that their usage of messages has quadrupled in the last five years. So that's a lot. A lot of folks are actually using Messenger and this is a great way to reach them. So the other cool thing is that you can only send messages with this when your prospect is actually active on LinkedIn. So people aren't just gonna log in and have a ton of sponsored messages waiting in their inbox. They're gonna actually see it pop up when they're on the app. So the only thing that I thought was kind of funny with this was in the announcement, they felt the need to say that conversation ads can be used with features like conversion tracking. And I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I appreciate that LinkedIn let us know that is a thing. So conversation ads are gonna be rolling out globally as a beta, but globally to everyone in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out in your account. It seems like a really, really cool thing to be using, so. Yeah, I absolutely love this. I know like LinkedIn has been saying they're rolling out more conversation-oriented features, mm -hmm. but I think out of all of them, this is definitely the most useful, like much, much more useful than LinkedIn Stories. And I think it's really awesome that this comes, like these message ads already have the capability to build out these conversational flows. Because I remember like when Facebook came out with message ads, like you could only have one option and already having this natively be a part of the ad is just really exciting. And there can definitely be a lot of opportunities here, especially if you consider that you're giving them multiple options after they convert. Whereas with like a lead gen form, they'd be done after they fill out the form. Yeah, it's really sweet. I'm excited. And next up is some new news from Google where there is some new rich data attributes based around all the happenings that are currently going on and why we're all home recording this <laughs> podcast. But there are some <laughs> new event status types for uh, schema. And so you can now have schema for when an event has been canceled because that has become a big thing lately as we all know so you can set a property to be event canceled and you can still include the original start date you're also now going to be able to use a schema if an event has been postponed so if you don't know when a date is going to be in the future it's just kind of like the nba season let's say just big nba fan there <laughs> Um, you can say postpone and you can keep the original date when it was supposed to happen. So a lot of these changes make sense, not just due to 
kind of the current climate, there's always things happening. So this is actually a positive change coming out of this for schema at least. And then one thing that I liked as well is you could do online only events now, and then you can even combine them together to say that this is happening here at this physical location and also happening online at this specific address. So a lot of really nice features coming here for events. And I think we're going to see a lot more virtual things, um, at least here short term. So you can check that out. I mean, heck, if you're even thinking about just this show here today, um, you know, we could say the, uh, the location is Mark's Attic. And the location <laughs> is marketingclock.com <laughs> for where we're doing this. But check everything out in the show notes. It's a little bit technical, but um, a, a big help for anybody with events, especially in these kind of trying times for anybody in the event space. And please, no one come to my attic apartment. There's not room for you, and <laughs> we're practicing social distancing. <laughs> So on that note, I'll dive into our next story. So hey, big brands, it's time to move over. Snapchat just released a new feature that will empower advertisers with small budgets to create their very own VR filters. Snapchat's new Lens Web Builder seeks to democratize augmented reality lens campaigns with an easy-to-use lens builder, a free library of hundreds of 3D objects, and the ability to further customize filters with your own assets. So Snapchat had three things to say about this new Lens Web Builder. First of all, it's simple. You can create AR experiences just by picking from their library of 3D objects and animations. It's fast. You can do this in only a few minutes. And of, best of all, it's free. Businesses with any budget can access this immersive ad format um, the only catch is that there are some daily minimum campaign spend requirements, but they did not specify those at this time. So if you want to do your own um, virtual reality lens campaign, um, you can access the lens web builder when creating ads within an awareness campaign or from within Snapchat's creative library. So when building your lens, you'll have the ability to start out with pre-built customizable templates or to create your own lenses from scratch. So these lenses can include your business logo, any of Snapchat's 3D assets, your own 2D assets, stickers, sound, and of course, text. So this really could be a game changer for smaller brands in terms of ad engagement because about 75% of users engage with this AR content every day on average and spend about three minutes on it per session. So that's crazy Think about how much more engagement smaller brands can get out of this compared to what they're currently doing with awareness campaigns in Snapchat. My only question is that with this kind of new capabilities is if any smaller brands will be able to make VR filters as horrifying <laughs> as Taco Bell's Sink in a Mile shell lens. But I guess only time will tell here. The shell lens. I missed that with the shell, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's like your head became like a taco shell and it was like your eyes and nose and mouth were there just like imposed onto a taco shell <laughs> like it was scary it was not natural no maybe we shouldn't talk about it anymore <laughs> you guys Great aren't even laughing it's so awkward because it's all virtual and i'm just here laughing. <laughs> well next time you see me you can try it again in person and we'll see if i laugh then no i don't think you will i'm just gonna cut my losses at this point <laughs> all right last year in the main news 
Facebook has created a $100 million grant program to assist small businesses dealing with the COVID-19 impact. So here's a quote from Facebook COO, Cheryl Sandberg. She said, small businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. And many of the people who run these businesses are heavily affected by the crisis, especially as more and more people sensibly stay home. The longer the crisis goes on, the greater the risk to small businesses and to the livelihoods of their owners and employees. That's why today I'm announcing that Facebook is investing $100 million to help 30,000 small businesses in over 30 countries where our employees live and work. So that's huge. That's really, really awesome. They haven't made the eligibility requirements clear yet, but to all of our small business listeners out there, if you're interested, you can sign up to receive more information on the program, and then they'll be sending out, hopefully, what those eligibility requirements are. So they have a website that they've created for this program. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. So go and sign up if you're interested in getting updates on that. And again, I just think it's a really, really nice thing of Facebook to do, giving back to the community that's been such a large part, obviously, of making the platform what it is. So kudos there. I also recently read about a grant program that Amazon has in place as well. It's specifically for small businesses located near their headquarters, though. So if any of our listeners are in Seattle, we'll toss a link in the show notes for that as well. So you can go out there and try and get some money. I, th- I just think it's nice that these you know, big companies are doing what they can to small, help the small guys that are really getting hit right now. Good vibes. Speaking of good vibes, we've got a new segment on the show this week, and it's called Good Vibes and marketing wins. And on Twitter, I reached out and I said, hey, digital marketers, or something to this effect. (laughs) Has anybody had any marketing wins or any good news out there that they wanted to share on the show? We'll probably do it from here on out each week on at Marketing O'Clock on Twitter. So follow along. And if you want to join, just respond to our tweet and we'll include you. So here were some of the responses from this week. Probably one of the hardest weeks I would imagine in digital marketing, at least since 2008, but there was still some positivity in La Chase, L-C-H-A-S-S-E on Twitter, said that he closed one new account this week and have a couple of clients still beating sales goals for the month online, not due to hoarding, which is an important part. <laughs> so <laughs> great news. <laughs> they got somebody on the board and is still hitting those goals. Next up, Colin Slattery at CJ Slattery on Twitter said, we closed a couple of new clients who have been in the pipeline for a while. And what a time to close. Kudos, Colin. Next up, we've got a message from Taylor Flynn. I believe Buffalo's own Taylor Flynn, if if I'm correct. And she said, I'm spending huge distraction-free chunks of time on optimizations, especially keyword research that I wouldn't have in the office. Muscle chart going upwards emojis great and then let's finish it off here kim tomsek of also buffalo fame here she said hey greg our team is working from home and i want to give my praise to work collaboration tools like go abstract envision app slack hq asana and google hangouts we're able to meet virtually stay up to date on tasks give feedback and get work done remotely so it sounds like with a good group of tools there we're still cranking ahead so nice work kim and lastly some other hints or i guess tips from michelle ashby about using calm as a business guide to stress and anxiety relief so it sounds like that's the relief is being conquered or given i don't know granted <laughs> how do you get relief? <laughs> who knows people are being relieved <laughs> you just got to go to calm. we're all chasing after it <laughs> 
So, oh, and lastly, Andrea Cruz, friend of the show, has a list of companies that are doing good um, in general, and they're just being positive in how they're supporting the community. So check our show notes if you want to see that. Um, again, I think that that is just something to keep positive thoughts and forge ahead here. And even us, we, we closed a fun video ad project that we had in the pipeline as well. Might be a little bit delayed on, on it, but we're going ahead making landing pages that are you know pretty sophisticated and you know even in even in some some tough times you can still make it work so uh go on out there and get it next week everybody now it's time for this week's take of the week this is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you we simply deliver the take for your consumption we give no opinions we do not influence you make the call and this week's take of the week comes from Melissa Mackey at Mal66 on Twitter. And she says, Google has a real opportunity to help its advertisers by providing tips during this crazy time. Instead, this is the mail we got from a rep, an email we got from the rep. Hashtag PPC chat. And this is tweet one. I wanted to point out that we are still budget constrained in our branded search campaigns and are missing out on form fills due to a lack of search budget. Quotation. Are you freaking serious, Google? Hashtag PPC chat. <laughs> Twitter message too. What a stupid missed opportunity. How about there are some things advertisers can do to mitigate lost business? And that doesn't mean increase your budget, you idiot. Hashtag PPC chat. Final tweet. We're not supposed to have opinions, right? We're just going to sigh and, and move on. <laughs> oh, I have opinions on this. This is very <laughs> a lot. <laughs> this is as expected. I mean, this is what happens, unfortunately. I saw some other responses as well that were even more egregious. Yeah, like you hear a lot of people saying, "Hey, those those automated tweets that you've got scheduled, pull back on those and maybe pull back on the outsourced sales team as well." And it'd be crazy if they were actually notifying you about that via mail. <laughs> that'd, that'd be cool. Like, dear Melissa, see? <laughs> Got the it might have been sent out before. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. Attention, digital marketers and webmasters. Storefronts and restaurants need our help. In light of recent events, John Henshaw of Koi Wolf put together guidelines on how digital marketers can help local businesses in these trying times. So he put together two lists of different things we as a community can do, um, one for storefronts and one for restaurants. I'm just going to read through these. These are great. I'm really exciting, really smart thing to do so we can like do our help to help these struggling businesses right now. So for storefronts, some of the ideas he had were walk them through the process of getting on Shopify or WooCommerce, using the e-commerce platform's add-ons to connect their store to sales channels like Google Shopping, Facebook, Amazon, or eBay, helping them create paid marketing campaigns and make fiscally sound decisions, help them properly promote their products and services on social media, and help them set up email campaigns and announcements with special deals. And then on the restaurant side of things, he said, we can encourage and help them to get set up with Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Postmates, and any other reliable food delivery service in their area if they aren't ready. Help them configure and properly utilize Google My Business. 
help them create or update and optimize their website for search and conversions, get them added to Give Local, where patrons purchase gift cards and also order ups where patrons buy meals for those who are food insecure. And then lastly, help them set up email campaigns with announcements and special deals. So in addition to these ideas, um, John asked that if anyone has additional ideas on how we as a community can help out, that you should reach out to him so that he can add them to his list. And just as a caveat, this is like really, really important to remember that during times like these, it's not about acquiring new clients. It's just doing kind of our social responsibility to help out. So really just don't take this opportunity to take advantage and get new clients, but really think critically about what your skill set is, what local businesses you know, and how you really can play your part to help small businesses who might be panicking right now and just bring them some peace of mind and keeping their business afloat and making sure that they can still pay their employees and their expenses. Yeah, and we talked about earlier some of those marketing wins. And Mark, I like that point to say it's not about getting a new client, but in a way you're getting somebody that you're on their team. They're going to remember it. They're going to be helped. The community is going to be helped. That's a win in general even if there's not a like a fiscal win on your side there. So, you know, if you've got some extra capacity, I think this is a great job. Thanks, John. And again, we'll have it in the show notes if you want to see it in its entirety. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work or helping out and giving back to the community. Optio is like an x-ray machine for your Google Ads accounts. It gives you alerts when you need it. It is an all-in-one dashboard, and you can easily surface things that would take a long time within Google Ads. It really is the best way to view your accounts and find out the good and the bad quickly. Mark, how do you use Optio? So Optio has a frequency capping feature that alerts you when you have a display campaign running without a frequency cap. This improvement notification is accompanied by stats over the past 30 days, so you can see cost, um, relative click-through rate compared to other advertisers, who are using the same ad inventory, frequency, and unique viewers. And you can use these stats to decide whether a frequency cap is necessary. And if that suggested frequency cap of three impressions per day should be adjusted based on your specific campaign. And I think this is really a great feature because no one is perfect. If you're like me, sometimes you just forget things. So frequency capping is an easy step to miss when you're setting up a new display campaign, and it can be vital to achieving a high display quality score and high CTR. So Optio makes it so you can't forget to add frequency capping, helping you maintain that high quality score and get happy leads. And to learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. I know this is probably stressing us all out a lot, so I'm just going to get the COVID-19 stuff out of the way and to start with that so we can kind of work through all of that. So first up, 
it was only a matter of time before we started to feel it. But now that COVID-19 has evolved into a global event, businesses in the US have experienced sudden changes in their Google Ads performance. Ad impressions are down 7%, which is similar to decreases that we see around holiday weeks. And it has caught many advertisers off guard, but it really isn't out of the ordinary given what's going on in the world right now. What is really surprising is how users are actually behaving in search. Search intent is shifting a little bit, and this has led to an average conversion rate drop of 21%. As you might expect, these changes are inconsistent across industries, and it's not a decrease for everyone, and some are even seeing performance improvements. So looking at industries that are experiencing improvements, so we're seeing higher impressions and clicks, higher conversion rates, and lower CPCs. Obviously, health and medical, this isn't surprising. We're dealing with a pandemic. Um, it makes sense that people are buying health and medical products. What's really exciting to see is that nonprofits and charities are seeing huge performance increases, and it's really reassuring to see people just trying to help each other out. We also are seeing improvements for business management software, so people who are looking for products to enable remote workforces. Finance is seeing an uptick for people seeking financial advice during the crisis. And then beauty and personal care is seeing a pretty decent uptick. And this includes soaps and hand sanitizers, but it also includes self-care products. So if you're trying to get that face mask to de-stress and <laughs> kind of take care of yourself during this. And then on-demand media for people looking for that quarantine entertainment. And then greeting, gifts, and flowers. People are trying to maintain connections during social distancing um, when they can't actually see the people that they care about, which is really sweet. Industries would have mixed performance, so either standard or up and down across different segments. Real estate has remained stable because borrowing rates are low, so traffic has just remained stable. Home improvement is down, but March is normally a lull anyways, so you can't really connect that to coronavirus. Home furniture is mixed. Big ticket items are consistent, but there has been a small uptick for um, small appliances, linens, bedding, like affordable home goods. Automotive has seen a 30% decrease in conversion rate, but there's a lot going on in the industry right now. People aren't really buying cars mid-March, so it's likely not directly connected to coronavirus. And then retail is crazy all over the place. There's instability during the shift from brick and mortar to e-commerce. Return on ad spend is up as retailers decrease spend. Conversion rate is down, but CPCs are down as well. So that kind of goes hand in hand with maintaining performance. And then wholesales and liquidators are actually seeing an increase in conversion rate. For jobs and education, there haven't really been any major shifts despite classroom environments changing completely, which is very surprising. And then legal services, CPC um, decline is in line with search and conversion rate decline, so CPAs have remained stable. In terms of negative performance, the top one being travel and tourism, which isn't a surprise here. We know that, that a lot of the traffic is oriented towards people looking at cancellations and getting general info rather than booking. So no one is going to those sites with a purchase intent. Bars and restaurants, conversion rate is down about 60% with closings. Live entertainment, due to new restrictions, search volume has decreased about 24%, and conversion rate um, is down about 30%. 
and then conferences as well as a 33% conversion rate decrease. Um, sports and fitness is seeing about a 26 to 74% conversion rate decrease, but surprisingly, summer camps oriented around sports are experiencing a 65% increase with people just expecting to wanna to be able to get out of the house, hoping that by summer, all this will be over in terms of social distancing. And then building and construction projects, those are becoming delayed, which is driving rising CPCs and falling seat conversion rates. And then lastly, I know this is a lot, uh, industrial manufacturing is, um, there's been about a 5% decrease in conversion rate and a 13% decrease in traffic tied to slowed down operations. Yeah, and this is fascinating when I was looking at it and, and big kudos to Mark Irvine uh, over at WordStream for putting this all together. I think this is a foreshadowing, I think in a way, just how things are gonna look it's kind of like when you see that soften up here in search, that's likely some some indicators. We're going to see those effects, um, obviously, on the sales side, like even the real estate one there. I thought that was quite interesting. So definitely check that out. Head on over from the show notes there. Fascinating. Very preliminary still. Um, you know, I think if, if we look at it down the road, we might see retail change a little bit there, you know, <laughs> or maybe it's just like suit jackets and shirts and nobody's going to be buying pants because we're all working from home. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to see how that plays out. What an interesting trend that would be to explain in a few years. <laughs> so next in terms of Google related coronavirus news. So due to preventative measures, Google is taking to protect their health of their staff in light of COVID-19. Advertisers should expect to experience longer than usual times to process new ads in non-text formats. So video ads, image ads, etc. Requests to appeal decision to disapprove an ad will also be delayed as a result of this. And requests to expedite unreview ads will not be supported at all this time. In light of this, Google is encouraging advertisers to utilize existing ads without editing them, of course, and, and text formats for new ads. And to also use the self-service appeals via policy manager for any new ads that you're waiting on approval for. Looking at e-commerce, so starting March 11th, Amazon actually slashed its Google Ads budgets, most significantly across shopping and search. Amazon is bidding lightly in some areas, but has disappeared as a competitor altogether for many advertisers. While this likely comes as a shock to many people, including those at Google, this really makes a ton of sense given the situation if you think about it. So Amazon is experiencing a surge of traffic as people shift from brick and mortar shopping to e-commerce during social distancing. Some sellers are experiencing as much as a 6x increase in sales and Amazon does not only not need to advertise at this time due to the increase in demand, but their supply chain may not even be able to support demand from ads. Amazon is currently allocating their resources towards stocking household and medical supplies to meet that demand, and they're hiring a whopping 100,000 workers, which is mind-boggling. So this shift in focus could come as a potential blow to Google as their revenue is already unstable in this time. Hey, Mark, you and I are on a campaign, or just a client in general. You're not on the shopping side, but uh, we are in really the same situation where it's some of the best months we've ever seen. 
um, you know, due to the products stacked. Um, and we are constantly trying not to spend money on certain items as they, we just won't be able to fulfill the demand for them. Um, so I think this is really says a lot about what people think about Amazon in general. Um, I mean, I've been buying many more things than Amazon than I have <laughs> because I am not leaving my house. So yeah, I think it says a lot about Amazon. They don't need Google. They don't need it. Not right now. Last up on the coronavirus front for paid, Google recently announced that they are pushing the deadline for transitioning video campaigns to parallel tracking to June 15th to account for any of the disruptions the coronavirus pandemic is causing with businesses. So in the announcement, Nikki Recky, product management director from Google Video Ads wrote, given recent global events, we wanted to give everyone extra time to make this transition. If you're still prepared to make the switch, you still can. Go to your Google Ads account, click settings from the all campaigns view, then go to account settings, then tracking, and switch on parallel tracking. That's really all it takes. Just make sure you're prepared and have the right tracking in place for that to still work. Moving on from coronavirus, um, and we have an early look at two features Google Ads has been testing for about a year now, customer value reporting and conversion value rules. These features were first announced at Google Marketing Live last year and were further highlighted at SMX West last month, but both are still in beta. Customer value reporting will allow advertisers to see a breakdown of their customer base over the past 12 months by gender, age, parental status, locations, and devices. And you can manipulate those views to compare high value, medium value, and one-time customers against all users in a bar chart format. And then conversion value rules will enable advertisers to adjust values for specific conversion events based on locations and devices, and then eventually audiences. These rules will be applied to both bidding and conversion reporting. And I think this is really exciting. I've had a lot of clients where their lead quality will differ a lot between people who converted on mobile and desktop. So being able to look at that reporting differently and assign different values to those aspects could be really powerful for advertisers. While not an official feature endorsed by Google, some advertisers are being bold and using a new tool <laughs> called adtools.org to bold text in their Google search ads. Advertisers simply need to paste the copy they want to bold into the tool and copy and paste it back into their ad. However, advertisers should know that the bold characters will occupy a four character space instead of one. So if you're like me and usually use the full 90 characters, this might not be a strategy for you. But in an A-B test, Ian Shirk of CareerNow Brands found that there was an 11.3% increase in click-through rate and no measurable impact on conversion rate. So quality was there um, when bolding all of the copy. When he only bolded key value propositions, the click-through rate um, impact was more significant at 19.4%. He also noted that CPCs tended to be 15 to 20% higher on initial launch, but then even out after about a week or so. And then Google initially assigned the bolded ads a lower quality score by about one full point. So there are some penalties here, but they seem to go away over time based on your click-through rate. And 
I know that this was a full write-up with all the details, and it was very, very well done over on Search Engine Journal. Thanks, Ian. The issue is, when you write something up like this, you are going to not be able to have this in like a month. Like, Ian, shh. left-handed. You got that one in your pocket, man. Like, when you find out a workaround on there, the last thing you want to do is exploit that. So if you're trying desperately to replicate this and you're listening to it now, it might not be active anymore because the cat is officially out of the bag, Ian. You let it out. Bold move. <laughs> In summary, this can be effective for conveying important messages, drawing attention to calls to actions, and highlighting key value propositions. And this isn't just for Google. This tool is also compatible with Facebook and Instagram by Facebook. And then personally, I don't know how everyone else feels, but I'm pretty skeptical about this and would think that bold text would drive unqualified traffic. Obviously, Ian didn't experience that in his test, so it might be worth the test for you. But to me, it feels like a bit like cheating and I'm like a play by the rules person, but we'll see how long it takes for Google to catch this cheating. Totally. I, I'm with you. I, I fear authority. So I'm just sweating listening to you talk about this, but also to your point about character limits. I mean, I'm usually hitting mine, so <laughs> this wouldn't work for me anyway. <laughs> but I don't know if I feel Google, fear Google as an authority anymore. <laughs> yeah, limited staff. Hey, now's the time to test. This Justin, fresh and hot out of the oven from at Stephen Johns 21. 21, got another one. Google rolled out a new feedback mechanism for audiences in the ideas tab, and he gave it a bug thumbs up. Users can now give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to let Google know if suggested audience ideas are relevant to them. If only they had this type of feedback for optimization score requirements. Wow. And isn't this like the case for editing tweets? I don't yes. think Steven meant to we say that. We have a lot a, of those on this show. It's a bug I do thumbs up. I really appreciate a bug thumbs up. Yeah, that's my new thing. If it is a bug. If it's bigger than a big, it's a bug thumbs up. This week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic, find out the exact keywords they're ranking for, and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. If you're not getting significant search traffic, Ahrefs tools can help to find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, Use features like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic and figure out how you can replicate the success. Jess, how do you use Ahrefs? So the Keyword Explorer tool has a really cool feature called the SERP overview, and it pulls in the first page of results for your keyword. We're talking full listings, including any site links, the cool people also ask dropdown, image packs, and more. So you're probably thinking to yourself, like, just Google it, man, but don't just Google it. Use Ahrefs, because the Ahrefs report has something that the SERPs don't, and that's helpful insights. So along with each listing, you can see the keyword it ranks for, as well as that top keyword for that page, and the volume around that keyword. You can see traffic estimates and a whole bunch of other useful metrics. So it's a really cool report. Highly, highly recommend using it rather than just Googling things. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven 
box. Head on over to ahrefs.com to sign up. That is ahrefs.com to sign up. All right, Greg, what is happening in organic this week? Well, I will take the Mark approach and knock out some of this COVID-19 news at the beginning as Microsoft's Bing launched an interactive COVID-19 map to provide pandemic news. So if you are looking for a nice visual, you can check out the show notes. We'll put the actual publisher piece from The Verge in the show notes and the link to it itself. The article by John Porter on The Verge stated, Microsoft Bing launches uh, interactive COVID-19 map to provide pandemic news. Subhead, but it's struggling to provide relevant updates. Like shots fired right there in your subhead. So I tried it out. It actually is a very nice look where you can quickly assess state by state, at least here in the US and country by country, where some of the bigger outbreaks are. And you can choose a location nearest you and pull up news that's that's relevant to that location. So I wanted to prove the verge wrong and see if, if Bing could get me some, some uh, timely New York State news. I pulled it up and it gave me a story about New Jersey. But it wasn't Bing's fault. It was from a New York newspaper. So I, I will give you a pass there. If you're looking for news on a state-by-state basis, this is something that's nice you can pop around on maybe and see what's happening in surrounding states to you. Next up is a tweet from Morty Oberstein, at Morty Oberstein on Twitter. And he states, looks like Google has totally killed the right side featured snippets. Now seeing the format in the main results column. So we talked about this maybe three weeks ago that anything that was going to be in the right side rail had kind of messed up some of the ways that the average position was being tracked in Search Console, and that is moving in to being position number one. So that has happened this week. Uh, BFF of the show, Acklin Gabe on Twitter, had a bunch of examples. I think he, he had the example of Google Pirate that before was up on the right side rail, and that was a, a Google update targeting uh, pirated material from about 10 years ago or so, but that moved in from the right-hand rail to the main results in number one featured snippet. So um, you will probably see less of those now as they are making their way to the main results. Next up is an article from Matt Southern over on Search Engine Journal. And the article title is called, Google Confirms It Is Now Building a Nationwide Coronavirus Info Site. And he says that Google is partnering with the U.S. government, developing a nationwide website that includes information about COVID symptoms, risk and testing information. So this is different than the Alphabet company, one of their sister companies out there that was for the Bay Area only. Google is putting the site together. And on the Search Engine Journal post, I read the post and at the bottom it said, also see, Google is not building a coronavirus testing website. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently that was fake news for a minute and now they are. So there's going to be that sister company that they have in the Bay Area with their site and Google's putting something out there. And if you go to Google.com, you'll get the, I think it's called like the the five things you need to do. It's like washing your hands, staying away from people and, and not going outside or, and probably two more. <laughs> I was going to say, that's like three things. <laughs> but anyway, so look for more information from Google. We appreciate it and thanks for educating of us folks out there. Next up is a tweet from BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. And he says, the Discover update. Google Discover now lets you report content that is misleading, sensational, and more. 
what a time for this to be released is there is a lot of misinformation and sensational news out there. So if you see an update that you think is incorrect, inaccurate, or overblown, I guess, um, you can use the report content option. It's uh, the flag icon and it will open a screen with four different options that you can choose from and then report that so that no more that misinformation is not spread. Uh, love that update. Next up is a post over from Search Engine Journal and Matt Southern strikes again. WordPress 5.5 will introduce auto updates for themes and plugins. So this is the upcoming WordPress update and it's going to expand the content management systems auto updating capabilities not only to themes but also to plugins. So previously the auto updating was to the WordPress core itself. Um, now this is going to be across the theme and across the plugin. And my initial thought was, yee, I kind of want a thumb, like a, a heads up on that. You know, I kind of want to know that that's coming before you auto update it. I just, I am still skeptical. I don't want to see things break. You know? I yeah, know. I feel that. Just give me a bunch of notifications. Or I wonder if it's, is it something you can like opt in and opt out of? Yeah, I want to like an app on my like, phone. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to update some, like, I'll choose when to update you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like when you come into work and go to use your computer and Microsoft is just like, oh, we're going through a scheduled update. You can't use me for an hour. An hour? Like, or it did it without telling you and all your tabs are gone. You have to start over. I would say a week. Trying to get back on yeah. that thing. So just please WordPress do better than that. All right, next up, YouTube is to automate more video reviews in light of staffing challenges caused by coronavirus. And we've talked about this on the ad side of things and they will be temporarily implementing more automated reviews. Now, what, this, what we all fear as content creators is that this could cause unwarranted removals. So especially if you've got something um, that is a fringe topic or, you know, maybe even this. So if there is an issue, um, don't fret. It wasn't human that did it. Blame the machines. All right. And there is another new article from Google on their thinkwithgoogle.com site. It is actually a free PDF, no email required. You can just go download it straightforward. It's great. It's called the Playbook for Digital Event Solutions. It's a guide to hosting virtual events on YouTube. This is something like we talked about before with the schema updates that is going to be more and more prevalent lately um, and it's free. It is kind of like just linking you to lots of other Google content and YouTube content out there. But still, if you're a noob to this space, it is a big help. The one thing that I took a little bit of umbrage with was when they're talking about giving um, about posting your, your videos itself. They said, give an overview of your video using natural language, not just a stream of keywords. Put the most important keywords towards the beginning of your description. <laughs> Identify one of the main words that describe your video and then feature them prominently in both your description and title. You know that meme where it's like the superhero with the two buttons? Yes. And they're like contradicting each other. That's what this is. It's like- And the hands wavering. You know, keyword stuff, but also keywords need to be in the, in the front of the description. And the most important ones, like, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? 
Well, what you should do is you should write a great title and not stuff. That's what you should do. But make sure that yeah. anybody who didn't have eyes would be able to read the title and read the description and understand what it's about. Bam. That's what it should say. Okay. Next up from social media today, Google launches a new lens AR integration with the New York Times. And it's the New York Times magazine. I didn't even know that was a thing. But apparently New York Times has a magazine. Apparently it's a physical magazine. And apparently you can now use Google Lens to hover over the New York Times magazine. And then you can see behind the magazine, uh, like inside the magazine. But it's not actually inside the magazine. It's like the making of the magazine. And it's actually, the, the video is cool. It's definitely worth checking out. Head over to the show notes and, and, and watch it. It's very well done, but I don't get it. Why would you have a physical magazine that you're using AR on a physical magazine to see the magazine? Why wouldn't you have a table, an AR magazine onto the table and just read a magazine? Like, why like do you need a whole magazine is AR? You why do, why through? do you need a magazine? Like, why do you need the physical magazine well, some people like the way magazines smell. I mean, I know I do. Mm-hmm. You don't get that with AR unless they're going to start pumping scent into this thing. Well, maybe people just like to have like magazines on their coffee table to seem interesting. Yeah, maybe that's sure. like, Look, I read when you have people over. But you know what so, I mean? Like, do we need a physical magazine yeah. out there and then you AR over the top of it to make it digital? Like, just have a digital magazine. Well, then it would just be called a zine, right? Is that what the kids say? Am I making that up? You guys are staring at me blankly. <laughs> nope, no one knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, I, as I said earlier, I don't have any. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for organic, Jess. What's going on with social? All right, first up here in social, I did not go the route that you guys did, and my coronavirus stuff is peppered throughout instead of all at the beginning, so sorry in advance. This first story has nothing to do with the virus, so that's exciting. About a month ago, we reported that Instagram was working on a partners program, which would allow IGTV creators to monetize their videos. So we talked about that, I think, on Valentine's Day, actually, on our Valentine's Day episode, which was lovely. And it's happening now. So, so far, it appears just to be an invite-only test. Instagram has begun reaching out to top creators, asking them to participate. And they're offering, apparently, compensation at a rate that rivals YouTube, which is pretty high. So that's exciting for those folks that got reached out to. And the testing is set to begin this spring. So keep an eye out for IGTV placements in a campaign near you. And as always, we will continue to report as the story unfolds. So speaking of Instagram, the platform is now testing a new mirror camera mode for stories. And it's cool. There's a couple different styles that kind of reflect your camera image in different ways. You can see examples of them in the show notes, but just think like kaleidoscope or funhouse mirrors with whatever you have taken a picture of. So it's kind of cool. There's no official word on whether or when this will roll out to the general public, but I hope it's soon because we're all social distancing and this would be something really fun to play with to keep our stories from getting stale. Like you can only show people the same house plant so many times, but if it's a kaleidoscope <laughs> of your house plant, like that's rad. Yeah, but I'm sure as soon as this is rolled out, we'll be like only seeing kaleidoscopes, kind of like when boomerang became a thing and like everything was a boomerang. That's true. Boomerang's no. good for one thing. It's good for cheers at brunch, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can just do that yourself. Yes. <laughs> You're right, Mark. <laughs> All right. So regarding COVID-19, Twitter has updated its safety policy, prohibiting tweets that, quote, could place people at a higher risk of transmitting the virus. So this includes things like fake remedies, 
denying expert guidance and claims that appear to be from health experts but aren't. So if Twitter flags a tweet that is violating this new policy, the user will be asked to remove it and given a chance to delete it or appeal that. And either way, they won't be able to tweet again until the issue is resolved and the tweet in question will be hidden from public view. So some of the examples in the article, pretty ridiculous. I can't even believe they're real. I'm not going to read them, but people are out there tweeting crazy things. So I'm happy that Twitter is trying to combat this. Moving on, Shep's not here to say your catchphrase, so I'm going to say it. 21 got another one, but I think Greg already said it once this episode. So Yeah, and <laughs> I forgot to address that. Shep is actually here. She's listening in um, for, for the show. Uh, she was supposed to be on an airplane, but um, other things have arisen. So uh, we had her sit out as planned, but she is still here and doing well. She is, and she just messaged us hi on Slack because she is listening. So, hey, Shep. <laughs> but uh, hey, yeah, Shep. 21. Yeah, hey. 21 got another one. And since I'm playing Shep, Greg, this is the part where you say his name and his handle. Oh, you mean Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter? Exactly. So he spotted a new feature in Facebook Messenger that allows businesses to send products from their shopping feed directly to another user. It sends product information and the URL along with it. There's a cute little shopping bag icon, I think, or it might be a crock pot with a price tag. I can't really tell. But if you click on the crock pot, you can send products to other users. I think it's one of those, those dual use items. A crock pot shopping bag. Yeah. <laughs> Love those. Oh, is it like that that thing that I got from um from Ninja that does like everything? Oh yeah, that you what need an extension cord to use. <laughs> yeah. It, does it do laundry too? It's what like, does it do? It's it it does it all. <laughs> I mean, it's a purse, it does laundry, it's a crock pot, it's a pressure cooker, it's a dehydrator. It's an air fryer, it's anything right? you ever need. Yeah, it's an air fryer. That's why I, I wanted it. You can also use like an oven, a steamer. Um, one of my friends actually worked on it, which is how I knew about it. Um, but it's like really cool. It's like eight or nine different appliances in one. All Mark talks is about it is, is this appliance. We will get in trouble with Ninja for saying it's a washing machine and a purse. But sorry if anyone from Ninja hears this. We're not trying to cause any issues. We're not spreading misinformation on Twitter. Our <laughs> bad. They're jokes, Ninja. They're jokes. But we'll put the, the link in that product that Mark raves about in the show notes as well. Oh, good. I'll buy it when this is all over. All right. Next up, more from Facebook. An apparent bug in the platform spam filters has been blocking users from sharing coronavirus content from certain news sites. And people were tweeting about the issues they were having. And Alex Stamos, who, according to Business Insider, is an outspoken former Facebook security executive, said that it looks like an anti-spam rule at Facebook is going haywire. Facebook sent home content moderators yesterday who generally can't work from home due to privacy. We might be seeing machine learning going nuts with less human oversight. And I paraphrase there a little bit. Quick question. But machine learning going nuts without humans, huh? We're important. Are you going to ask what I'm thinking? I think so. Is it an Uncle Jesse joke or no? It, it is. Yeah. Well, I, well, why don't you go? <laughs> Just your clue. Alex, any relation to John? Oh, Stamos. I don't know. I just, I thought you were talking about machine learning. I didn't go all the way back to the guy's name. Sorry. I'm sure they're related. They're probably brothers. No, I literally perked up as soon as I heard Stamos. Really? 
I guess it's probably not that. Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in a little secret. Every one of the listeners, that is all that they clued into was Stamos. <laughs> and everybody out there, you listening right now, I know that you did. It's facts. Fine. Sorry, I guess. <laughs> I am social distancing myself from pop culture as well, I guess. So anyway, Facebook denied that this bug had anything to do with the changes involving their content moderators and Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I think we should cut them a little slack on this one because they're trying to do some important work regarding being a resource for trusted information on COVID. BFF of the show at Glenn Gabe shared an announcement for Facebook regarding Facebook's new Coronavirus Information Center. It's meant to be a central place at the top of your newsfeed that'll feature the latest news on the virus, as well as resources and tips for staying healthy, which is very nice of them. This is to roll out in Italy, France, Germany, Spain, the UK, and the US by the end of this week. I checked on my phone a little bit earlier, just before we recorded, I didn't have it yet, but it should be coming ASAP and to more countries after that initial rollout. So keep an eye out for that. If you do need a good resource, Facebook will be your guy. Lastly, here in news from the little social network that could, Nextdoor has launched a help map to assist people during the coronavirus outbreak. The map allows users to indicate that they're available to help so they could say like, hey, I can grab groceries for you, which is really, really nice. That's what being a good neighbor is about. So this is a great addition to Nextdoor and it's way more useful than the map that they use for say trick-or-treating, which it's cute, but I think I'm the only person in my neighborhood that used that map. So I hope people actually use this for good and help each other. It's a really valiant effort. I love Nextdoor. You guys use Nextdoor, right? No, I deleted it off my phone. I couldn't take it. Really? So, I, I, am I like bad? Like this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Oh my god. Nextdoor? It's like, I would love it. Am, you would love it. That's it's a Facebook assignment. Marketplace meets, yeah. It's Are like, there shops like creepy baby doll things? No. 100%. No, there's not. You say no? There's no oh, people give away free things I don't know time. where you live, Jess. I don't know where you live. But mine doesn't have any creepy <laughs> baby dogs. Mine next door is just a bunch of adults whining. It's adults whining about nothing. There's like, oh, the wind was too windy yesterday. Could you believe that the trees swayed? <laughs> You're like, I lost some leaves. And the leaves are, are off the tree now. And that's what it is. And oh be like, I saw a fox. Wait, the I need, other day. I, I'm joining. You sold me because I love crazy. like the community Facebook page from where I grew up and I like follow it and just like listen in. It's hilarious. It's got I love elements that. of that for sure. It's, Greg, yeah. you're not wrong, but like I got a free diaper genie on Nextdoor. People are selling Ooh. things and I've seen a lot of lost pets find their way home thanks to Nextdoor. And I'm oh, that's really home, sweet. So. Yeah, yeah, but did your good. diaper genie look like a, like a toothless baby doll, like Shep's weird stuff she finds on Facebook? No, it's just a diaper genie. It's just like a diaper genie. Like Nextdoor is a normal place. Facebook marketplace is next level. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But anyway, it has it has those elements. It's if anyone's not using it, they should be. I like it, and the map feature here is really nice. If you want to help your neighbors, sign up for Nextdoor, use the map, and hopefully, folks that need your assistance are also using the map. Anyway, valiant make, effort. Make sure you you've got a lot of complaints loaded up. It's pre prerequisite for Nextdoor. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. 
Hey, Mark, what's been happening with your accounts lately? This week, I was actually talking to a rep at Captera on behalf of a client. And if you aren't familiar with Captera, it's a review site for B2B software that offers um, paid lead generation capabilities along with the review side. And he said that despite the decrease in traffic many advertisers are seeing on Google and other networks, they're actually experiencing an increase in traffic because many companies are evaluating their software options as their workforce goes remote or changes. Don't know where more it is. Um, so <laughs> if you work at a B2B software company, you may want to consider investing in Captera right now as another option for driving leads. Jess, what's up in your accounts? So not so much account-based, but more internal-based in how we're working. Our team, we talk about it all the time, we use Slack, so we're constantly communicating with each other even when we're at the office. But now that we're all remote, we've been doing daily stand-up video calls um, every morning with our team just to check in on each other. We do talk about client stuff and see who needs help, but it's just been really nice to see everybody's faces and keep good teamwork vibes going, even though we're all sitting alone at a computer. And I just think video calling in general, I know like when sometimes you just want to like look at your buddy next door and ask a question at you know their desk and you don't have that. And we've been using video calls for that too. I know Greg, you and I just pop in and say what's up and ask a question quick and it's easier than Slack sometimes. So I know people might be intimidated by video calls or you know, they're hesitant to use it just because they think they're interrupting people. But I really, really feel, I mean, this is day four of working remotely and I feel like they've really, really helped us as a team. So whatever software you want to use for that, guys, just do it. Don't hesitate. Greg, what about you? Great. Yeah. And at a time like this, I just wanted to say, I know we talked about it last week, uh, trying to negate a bunch of news sites out there. Um, you want to watch your placements and get to excluding and negativing out those placements. Um, and also, we had that one client we talked about a few moments ago that has a big shopping, um, has a shopping side, a DSA's side, and just search in general. And so we started making some shared uh, negative lists just to make sure that we cleaned up some of the things that we um, could not meet demand with. And we did it in a way that would be temporary so that we had a negative list that at any point we know it's applied across all campaigns and we can remove a keyword in that list um, if something does come back in stock. Um, so it will help us be much more flexible and nimble with this uh, kind of strange new time that we're living in. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. Rules. No abnormal body shape, such as chubby, have an obvious beer belly, obese, or too thin. No ugly facial looks, such as disformatted face, fangs, lack of front teeth, senior people with too many wrinkles, obvious facial scars, and no facial deformations, such as eye disorders, crooked mouth disease, and other disabilities. What are these rules, you ask? While they sound like ex-Abercrombie and Fitch CEO Mike Jeffries' <laughs> controversial brand aspirations, they're actually part of parent company ByteDance's TikTok community standards for content moderators as obtained by The Intercept. So these are content standards they release to their community managers to decide what content should be out there. They were originally written and then trans poorly, poorly translated into English. 
and that these standards instructed moderators to suppress posts created by users deemed too ugly, poor, or disabled for the platform, content that was filmed in locations deemed shabby, dilapidated, or rural, which they explained as not fancy or appealing. And the moderators were told to look for disreputable decorations in cracked walls and posts that displayed any sort of political dissent, like, mm-hmm, like, hello, censorship. So <laughs> TikTok users who kind of met any of these guidelines were punished by having their reach artificially narrowed. This is terrible. This is terrible. It's just completely indefensible. I don't know how things like this are still happening. It's just every once in a while something like this comes out and it's just like, who? Like, what? Like, it's just so so nefarious and awful. Um, Like, they thought it would just, making people look rich and appealing would drive new users to the platform, but it's just so terribly discriminatory. Mm-hmm. And this was a very well-researched article by Sam Biddle, Paulo Victor Robiero, and Tatiana Diaz over on The Intercept. Um, but that is appalling. Listening to what you just said, Mark, is it's, it, it's stomach-churning. It's sickening. It's just sad. It's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, and there just there really hasn't been that much remorse for it. The TikTok spokesperson, Josh Gartner, claimed that these guidelines are either no longer in use or in some cases appear to never have been in place, but he didn't provide any specifics on this, just gave that statement. And then specifically on the policy of suppressing videos featuring what they deem to be unattractive, disabled, or poor users, Gartner stated that these rules represented an early blunt attempt at preventing bullying but are no longer in place and were already out of use when the intercept obtained them. However, he does not explain how this makes any sense in terms of preventing bullying. And sources indicate that both sets of these policies were in use through at least late 2019, and that there was another part of the policy that specifically applied to live streaming that that document was created in 2019. So this is very recent. I like how your answer is, uh, I'm going to go start bullying people that don't meet my criteria of beauty and yeah. under the guise of, I don't want them to be, <laughs> to be bullied. It's like, no, you can't say that. You no, you're making them invisible. Help. You're bullying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so arbitrary and random. Like, I don't know. And that's how they're defining it. It's like, you have a cracked wall, so your content is worthless. I mean, Honestly, I though, out of, out of everything that was in the article, that part was the part that was, that was, it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that, that you say that so, somebody's wall isn't up to your standard and you can't be on our social media app. That's, it's heartbreaking. I don't even have words for just how out of the ordinary and just incomprehensible this is. The one thing that I thought that is, um, sort of funny about this is I could just imagine them not posting anything on Halloween. Like no fangs, no Frankenstein <laughs> obvious facial scars. Like, you know, there's no content on Halloween this year. <laughs> yeah. And on a later note like that, like shabby decor, have you been in a teenager's bedroom? Like they put anything on the walls and they're the ones out there using TikTok. So like this is just it's stupid all around. It's stupid. Well they said disreputable. 
Oh, what excuse is me. this? No, what no, they said shabby too. Shabby, shabby was used too. But in another part, they said disreputable decorations, and I don't even know what that means. Like you didn't water your plant today? Like what does that mean? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's disreputable. So and and I can't like they were making people go through and make these decisions. Uh-uh. I, I don't. I, be don't, that I, guy. don't I don't know. Does not compute. Okay, well, on to something a little bit more happy here. We're going on to our segment segment where we talk about segments each week. And if something sticks, we take it into the real world. And first up, we're going to talk about some positivity with freebies. One of the beautiful things about this community and people in general is in any time of crisis, we see sometimes and most times the best in people, as long as not those folks over at TikTok. So somebody that's doing something <laughs> great is Glenn Fleischman over at TakeControlBooks.com. He is making his Take Control of Working from Home Temporarily book free. I think it's only 55 pages. You can head on over, download the book. I believe it's for this week, maybe a, a full-on week from when we launch the show. Um, but don't miss it. Head on over to our show notes to get it. It is a free book. Additionally, Tim Solo of the fantastic Ahrefs tool that you may have heard something about is offering a course that used to be $799 called Blogging for Business for free. So if you find yourself having to do multiple tasks, maybe um, your workforce isn't as, as, uh, as strong as it was, you're asked to do more, um, you've never blogged before, it is a course over on Ahrefs. You don't need a credit card. You can just hop on in. Um, you do need to sign up, but it is absolutely free. Um, and it's nice. There's videos. There's content. It is very, very well done. So thank you, Tim. Additionally, if you're work from home um, and you've got kids, you might need to distract them some way or another. I make weird agendas that they stick to for some reason. For the most part, just hand me the little assignments on our calls <laughs> that Jess was talking about earlier. Um, but if you don't have a cable subscription, Sling TV is rolling out free streaming to U.S. consumers stuck at home. They do have a pretty beefy uh, kids section there. So if you're trying to um, distract your kids in this time, uh, check that out. There might be something that you like over there. And then the fine folks over at Yoast are giving away their all-around SEO training. I believe it's the 101 version um, for free. So you can head over to Yoast and check that out. Um, it do not know how long that is but it currently is a something that was paid and is now free if you need all of a sudden to learn the basics of SEO. And then lastly, um, Joe Youngblood, Youngblood Joe over on Twitter has an offer open to restaurants, bars, nightclubs, wineries, brew pubs, gyms, and any other small business hit hard by the pandemic here in the US or Canada. He is going through and will be giving free website hosting with unlimited storage for WordPress sites only free Google My Business optimization, some maintenance and page speed optimization for 60 days only. Um, so if you're in a bit of a bind or need something, uh, you're just really stuck, uh, head on over to our show notes and check that out. Our next segment here is, is show notes. And we've got notes about shows that are coming up. So first off, Hero Conference, the conference over in Austin on April 8th and 9th has been postponed there's going to be a more comprehensive update of Monday of next week. If you were planning on going there, it is no longer going to happen on April 8th. 
about yesterday, Next 10X in Boston, run by Proficient Digital, had made the difficult decision to cancel Next 10X that was supposed to happen on May 12th or 13th. I have not heard anything else about how that will proceed in the future. So head on over to that site to learn more. And SMX Advance released their agenda for June 8th through the 10th, 2020, that is in Bell Harbor International Conference Center and still seems to be on. So if you're looking for a conference in June to check out, you can check that out. Unfortunately, my session I pitched didn't make it. I pitched uh, talking about Google Partners and there's, Aww. I didn't make it. I guess no, nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. So <laughs> we care. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but if you are looking for that again, there is a, an agenda you can check out and that is in Seattle on June 8th through the 10th. Okay, and lastly, here in our segment segment, we have WFH Pro Tips. And these work from home pro tips, first off, comes from Kate. Only name here is Kate on Twitter and it's at X. I can't even say, you're gonna have to go to the show notes to check it out. There's too many letters here. But she says, been working from home for five years and here's my literal only advice. Open Zoom. Go to preferences, video, touch up my appearance, check. So, <laughs> you want to look at I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I feel betrayed that I've been using Zoom for all these years and no one told me about this. Is it like Facetune that comes with Zoom? You don't need it, Mark. It is. Other people Thank complain. You. It makes everybody look like Barbie and Ken dolls. But look, these are pro tips here for the people. So, you know, like my face is really red right now. <laughs> well, this isn't on YouTube this week. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back to YouTube when Chef comes back. How about that? Okay, next up is uh, snapcamera.snapchat.com. And if you are looking to bring filters to your Zoom channel or to your camera in general, you can do that now. You can put your silly little filters on there, turn yourself into a puppy dog on your next meeting. So if you <laughs> feel like doing something, um, head on over to snapcamera.snapchat.com. It is a free way to spice up those meetings and get a couple of lols along the way. And that is our segments segment this week. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is the MAP or Morning Action Papers Planner from Action Alchemy. It's more than a to-do list. It's a planner meant to guide you through your week by taking time every morning to reflect on your goals for the day and set an intention, both personally and professionally. So there's sheets for the weekend as well. We downloaded it here and it's actually a really beautiful document. There's nice colors, nice fonts. It's not overwhelming. It looks like something you want to fill in. There's daily worksheets, like I said, with instructions and inspiration for how to use these morning action papers. So it's really, really nice. It's a good timely release for folks that have shifted to an unfamiliar work routine, might be working from home if you've never before. But even if you're doing what you always do, it's just a cool thing to check out. So it's free all week. If you want to download it, head on over to actionalchemy.co slash map planner and check it out. Yep, and that's from Selena Vidya, who also has a podcast, Permissionless, and talks about a lot of marketing and insight as well. Um, thank you, Selena. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, 
so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Moz, Moz.com. And it is a post by Alex Ratinsky, and it is a beginner's guide to ranking in Google Maps. I think this is quite a timely piece. If you do know any of those local businesses that are struggling, we talked about the post by John Henshaw over on Koi Wolf. Uh, this is a, a very straightforward and simple way to make sure that you set your Google My Business up properly and that you do do well um, in local search. So it's very timely. We know that some of the most impacted folks are those local businesses. This is something that will be an easy thing. You could even send to somebody who's struggling right now, help with, if you don't know it all, Check it out and see if you can help. So big ups and big thanks to Alex. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to Ahrefs, our fantastic sponsor, and Optio as well. Thank you all for sponsoring this week's show. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss the Search Engine Journal show. This week, digital and content marketing consultant Miranda Miller talks working remote during COVID-19, content writing tips, and more. Real question, do you think that Miranda gave the touch up my appearance tip or no? No. Probably not. That's, That's from Marketing Fox exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she didn't do the snap cam thing. I'm not a fan of that. I don't want any dog tongues on my meetings. <laughs> it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, Jess. What is that game? So I thought, since we're all separated and in different places, it would be fun to play a game that people usually play when they're in the same room. So I want to play oh, no. I Spy. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say oh, no. when you said that. Oh, wait, what? You thought I was going to say what? I spy. When you yep. said like, a game people normally play in the same room, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, we oh, are going to play. This actually is my favorite game. Oh, good. Finally, somebody's favorite game. <laughs> so we're not going to play based on the rooms we're in because that's weird. But we're going to play as if we are still at work. So we're going to test your knowledge about the office. So I will give you more than one clue per item since we're not there and this may be difficult but if you think you know the answer just buzz in with your name all right you ready yes i spy with my little eye something gold in its resting state it stands proud all alone in a high place looking down on our slippers if it gets lost we're toast because there's only Greg. one. yes key to the annex where we typically record our marketing o'clock shows Yes, oh. one point for Greg. I mark that down. All right, that is correct. No, is don't mark key. it down. Greg that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a problem I have whenever people use mark as a verb. Really? Or like check mark. Yeah. It bothers you.
Well, like, yeah, if I'm, like, not listening completely, then when someone says it, it, like, really throws me off. It's really oh. remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I, I'm done. No, you're not. We're still playing. Okay, next. Something I spy with my little eyes, something rough and red or brown. I'm not even sure what color it is. It bears the name of someone we work with, but it's been there since long before Greg. she started. Yes. We have one brick in the wall, Pink Floyd style, that has chalk on it that's been there since the day we moved in. And the chalk spells out the word hope. It is the hope brick. Yes, you are correct. I, you didn't I even, didn't even know that exists. Really? No. Oh, we're going to have it. When we get back, we'll show you. <laughs> I'm mean, a major disadvantage here. I mean, maybe, but I tried to pick things everybody knows. Maybe you'll get this next one. Okay. All right. I spy with my little eye something red. It has four legs and cup holders. We only use it once in a while. No mark? Yeah. Is it one of the camping chairs? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. And so, so for the listeners, we had yes. a bunch of camping chairs to go on excursions out into the field where we'd grill and, and eat. And they've since built a building there. So we haven't used them in a long time. But we have them <laughs> huddled in a corner, the camping corner. Yep, this is also new information to me. Really? They were never explained. It was just like, oh, we have camping chairs set up around an Ikea coffee table in the annex. <laughs> Now, we used to have, just how we furnished it. It used to be a wooden I'm, area. I'm learning a lot about the history of Cypress North <laughs> right now. The unfortunate his, history. All right, Jess, it's two to one. What do we have next? All righty. I spy with my little eye something brown. It sits alone on a shelf waiting for someone to use it, but nobody ever does. And again, like other things, it's been around longer probably than a third of our team. Hence. All right. It is, the thing is brown, but it's inside a, a clear case. Oh, Chef that is guessing changes in the my chat. answer. <laughs> Greg. Oh, yes, Greg. Guess for is it the absolutely disgusting bacon-flavored jelly beans that we used to have um, probably eight years ago, and they still sit in the office? Bacon-flavored jelly beans, the final answer. No, but close in proximity. Mark, did you want to guess? Mark. Is it the gravy? <laughs> it's the gravy jar. <laughs> Thank you, Shep, for the phone of friends. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, for the listeners, we have had this jar of gravy. We were doing a birthday party for, I believe it was Andrew. We were making poutine, and we had two jars of gravy. We only ever used one, and the other one has just been there unused for years. Expired right. and probably 17. It probably expired for sure, which is hard for a jar of gravy to do. All right, it's two to two. Let's go with a uh, let's go tie with breaker. a tiebreaker here. Yes. All right, I spy with my little eye something teal. It hangs around. It's a landscape orientation. That's very general, but this next clue is going to give it away. You need it. All right, many have asked if it's a picture of Greg. It's not. I I guess I really don't know my surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in this office for 10 years. I have no idea what you're talking about. Seriously? Yeah, I've only yeah. been in the office for, what, six months now. So, but yeah, I literally, I'm so, I have issues with the color teal. Um, so I feel like I should have noticed this. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Your issues. About my issues or about this teal thing? <laughs> the color teal. 
I I lived in an apartment in college where we were like we're moving in and like we asked the landlord to like paint like we we're like oh like we want the rooms painted and there were two rooms that were painted this bright bright shade of teal one was my bedroom one was the living room and we just assumed that like the, the people living there were art students so we just assumed that like they painted the walls teal because normally like an apartment that you rent has like neutral colors like tans grays white whatever so we go to move in not only have those two rooms been repainted the same bright color of teal but there were also two <laughs> additional rooms that were then painted teal wow yeah and it was so much that landlord was crazy there was just so much teal okay jess so i'm gonna i'm gonna can i ring in greg yeah is yeah, it yeah. a picture that isn't teal it was green of patrick oh. bateman Yes. Out returning videotapes. Yes. Okay. The picture of Christian Bale that? from American Psycho. It's not teal. Maybe I don't know my surroundings either. <laughs> no, it's definitely not teal. There's there's a picture of uh, it's like very Huey, Huey Lewis in the news, quite literally, is in that movie. Um, but it's him sitting on a couch with some sunglasses, I believe, uh, looking pretty fly. Well, when we get back in the office, we'll have to take pictures of all these things and put it on marketingonclock.com. We'll let you know, and we. We'll see you next week.